Hello and welcome to another episode of Rightfully So, your podcast on all things first year writing uh, and first things writing classroom. Uh, this week, our, our episode is on reading the comments section, using peer review to improve your writing. Uh, I'm sure most of you who are out there listening have had some experience both giving peer feedback, that is, you know, commenting on other students in your class's work, and receiving peer feedback. And I'm sure to sort of varying degrees of success. In other words, sometimes you get feedback that's like, I don't know, it's fine. Uh, and I know as an instructor, I always make a point in the classroom to, to highlight how that is not effective or useful feedback, right? Because there's always a question of fine in what way? You know, is it good fine? Is it bad fine? And I would argue that a lot of time those comments say more about the person giving the comment than the person receiving it. But what about giving peer feedback? I'm sure many instructors sort of try to reiterate the importance of providing peer feedback, but to be sort of selfish, what do you get out of it? So I thought this would be a great conversation for us to have um, in, in sort of trying to interrogate this sort of accepted practice in the classroom, uh, especially uh, in situations where maybe your instructor isn't giving regular feedback, you know, and is relying on peer feedback. Um, you know, why might that be? So I thought I'd throw it out to uh, Jeanette and Carrie this week. Um, what is your approach to, to peer feedback? Um, what purpose does, do you feel it serves in the classroom? And um, what do you expect of your students in, in giving, giving and receiving peer feedback? So I think for me, when you were mentioning like what, what does a student get out of giving feedback, um, this is really important. And sometimes I feel like this doesn't actually get addressed, which is that um, there is actually a unique benefit to having a peer give feedback to another peer in the same classroom. Um, because it takes time to actually explain what's in a prompt, right? Like, so even, not that you shouldn't go to someone outside of the classroom or the writing center or whatnot, but there is that moment where you have to sort of explain, okay, this is what my professor went over. Um, they said this and that, and this is what I need to focus on, so on and so forth. If it's your peer, they've already heard all that. They know that, right? Um, not only have they heard all that, and thought about the prompt, they've actually taken their shot at it, right? Like, so it's like, you get to see what someone else did with the exact same thing. And it's not going to be the same, right? Like we don't, it, writing is not math. There isn't like one conclusion that everyone comes to. And so even if you, there's options and you select a similar option, it's going to look different. And so that, that is like one really key part where it does help in thinking through your own work it's seeing another version of it if that makes sense and then it's sort of it, it is the act of actually giving the feedback where you learn about writing in a way that's different than listening passively to your professor talk about writing right like so you have to assess and kind of look at it and go wait does this thesis statement answer the question? Do, you know, is there a topic sentence? So as you're doing th going through that, that's something that you can, it, it, it's, it's learning. I don't know if that makes sense the way I said it that way, but. Kind of on that, yeah, I, I do agree. feel, oh no, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, I, I agree. And that's, um, it's, it's the learning piece, right? So giving feedback isn't necessarily about the 
person receiving it uh, when you're doing a peer review. Um, oftentimes I feel the benefit is to the, the reviewer um, because you're practicing a critical assessment. Um, you're learning what it means to read a paragraph, not as a passive reader, but as an active reader with an eye towards how can this be better? Um, and, and, or if it's good, like, you know, you're reading a good paragraph asking the question, why is this good? Why does this appeal to me from a reader's perspective? Um, and I try to, to tell the students that I'm not necessarily looking for them to give peer review feedback from the perspective of the instructor. In other words, grammar, spelling, axes, like all those sort of mechanics that the instructor might comment on. I said, it's, it's equally valuable to approach this from a reader response point of view, which is as a reader, what is your experience reading this? What have they explained? Well, what have they not explained? Well, what was difficult for you to read? You know, was there a sentence or a paragraph you found yourself rereading it because you didn't understand it, whether it was through awkward wording or a lack of example or what have you. So it's, it's learning that critical skill. And then the idea then is that that is transferable to your own writing, right? So now that you've practiced on somebody else's paper, when you get ready to revise, you can apply that same skill to your own paper. Carrie, you're going to say something. Oh, just that, um, something that Jeanette was saying, the kind of reinforcing why we do this in the first place with peers, like within the classroom, that's something that I actually emphasize quite a bit, uh, you know, before we even get started. And I say, look, you know, <laughs> one of the best things to do, and I said, one of my best pieces of advice for you guys is that when you go on to other classes, find someone else in the class or, you know, maybe a group of people that you can say, hey, for, you know, if we have any essays or anything like that, let's set up our own little kind of peer review session with just us. Because the one of the things that, that, I, that I tell them is, of course, it's kind of that accountability factor where if, you know, like Jeanette was saying, if, if the teacher is explaining the prompt and let's say that you spaced out for a second thinking of something else, uh, you know, then you have all of these other people in the classroom who are listening to what the instructor says. And if the instructor says, this is my pet peeve, or this is what I don't want. And then all of a sudden, maybe you actually started to go down that road. And then you have these people that will say, no, I remember she said not to do that. And you go, oh, 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 okay. And this actually has happened even this semester. I had students talking about um, they're doing a brainstorming activity and I had them share with each other. And I overheard in the corner of the room, one of the students say something about, well, wait, we have to like choose a memoir. Like we have to actually choose a book, not just a person. And then the other person, yeah, yeah. She wants us to go and find a memoir. And he was like, oh crap. <laughs> I'm like, yay because that would have made a terrible essay if you were completely off. So it does kind of hold them accountable by having peers specifically from the classroom, um, you know, kind of jumping in. So that's one of the reasons why I emphasize so much that these draft workshops, these peer workshops are really intended for that purpose because you have all these other ears that have been listening and they'll remind you of things that maybe you may have forgotten or maybe you, like I said, we're just kind of not paying attention in the moment. So that's kind of part of the, payoff, I feel like, for doing these. It's a nice callback to our previous episode with time management where we talked about getting an accountability buddy, you know, someone who is going to read your paper before it is due to encourage you to actually write it. Um, and then plus, you know, if they're in the same class, they can be like, oh, this responds to the prompt or it doesn't. I actually have a peer review right before students turn in their final drafts. And that's one of the questions is, does this respond to the prompt? Um, yes or no. And then please explain your answer. It's a little late in the game at that point, but you know, prior peer reviews, we've been looking at things like introductions and thesis statements and axes and whatnot. 
So I figured this is their last chance to revise. Let's ask that hard question. Now that you've seen the whole thing or most of the whole thing, um, does it respond to the prompt? Uh, otherwise, you know, let them know. Um, I also like the idea of getting a multiplicity of inputs. Uh, and I think Jeanette was alluding to that when she was talking about, you know, getting, seeing someone do the same prompt, but in a different way. Um, one of the things I learned early on is if I'm the instructor and I'm the only one giving feedback to the students, then they all just tend to write to me as the audience. And they all just sort of like, whatever Mr. Grazier likes, that's what we're going to put in there. And it felt a little self-defeating um, because then I would end up with like sort of basically 20 of the same essay. Everyone sort of figured out what I liked and didn't like and, and sort of wrote to that. And I didn't see a lot of original expression. So by taking myself out of the equation, the instructor and saying, no, 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 you're going to respond to peer feedback. Your peers are going to read this. They're going to give you their reader response criticism. Hopefully they get that multiplicity of input. They're getting, you know, the point of view of, of two or three of their peers and, and I'm would expect that the, the feedback, the comments from each of those peers is going to be a little bit different and focus on something different in that same paper. And, and I think that's valuable as well, right? Because um, if you just have one person's like, ah, I got to learn how to use commas, then that'll be the thing that you focus on in your paper, but you may be missing something else that's equally important. It makes me circle back to the idea that that writing is a skill, just like, um, and I always, for some reason, I always go to like sports analogies, but, <laughs> but it's, it is like a, you know, cause when you think about it, like if, if you have some sort of sports competition, like, I don't I'm thinking of the Olympics for some reason. Um, but if you think about, you know, like figure skating, they have to hit a certain number of requirements throughout their routine. Right. And they have a specific purpose. You know, it's, it's kind of an overall, everyone's basically doing kind of the same thing, but at the same time, you're watching how different people are executing it. Um, and sometimes it's successful. Sometimes it's not, you know, same thing with, um, we were watching a, a baseball game the other day, Padres. And, you know, you, every single person I noticed who went up to bat was holding the bat differently. Their stance was different. You know, they're still hitting the ball, but it's very different how each of them approaches it. And so you're, you still have the same purpose with that writing prompt, but everyone's approach is going to be slightly different. And then as you watch those other players, you know, you go, okay, did that work for them? Did that not work for them? And why? Like, so it kind of allows you to be uh, kind of more taking an observational route where you're just watching other people and going, did that work the way that they had hoped or does it come across in kind of a weird way? And maybe that's something I don't want to do. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I always emphasize to students that throughout peer workshopping, when you are the, you know, participating in it, you're not rewriting someone else's essay. We're not asking you to do that because they always, oh, I'm not a good writer. And I say, you guys are good readers. You know when something sounds wrong. You know when something doesn't make sense. I'm not asking you to rewrite the paragraph that doesn't make sense. Just say, this doesn't make sense. Like you're just reacting and observing what it is that you're seeing and what's working and what's not. One of the things that I just thought of when you said that is students are sometimes afraid that they're going to come off somehow like uber critical or it's just going to be rude or whatever and it's it's really simple you start with as a reader i saw this and so it sort of takes the the sort of judgment and more of like an observation right like you're just kind of looking at it and going this is what i'm seeing you know it's like it's not wrong or right it's just this is what I'm seeing, right? And you had said something earlier, you were talking about the conversation you heard with 
um, your students and how one of them re realized that, you know, that they had missed like this sort of important piece of the, the prompt. Um, and, and actually getting that information from your peers is at, at least from a student perspective, <laughs> Uh, preferred, right? Like I, when I was a student, I did not like asking um, my professor what I thought was a dumb question, right? Like, or feeling like that, that pressure of like, ooh, like I probably should have known that. And I just talked to them and I, you know, like I feel dumb now, right? Like, um, and I, if you're asking your peer, it's like it, it that, that pressure is off as well, right? Like, so um, it, it's different than when your instructor gives your feedback, when the writing center gives you feedback, when someone outside of the classroom gives you feedback. Yeah, that whole aspect of being exposed to a variety of viewpoints and a variety of ways of, of completing the same task is, is so, so beneficial, right? And then I think the other thing that we are sort of uh, alluding to but haven't sort of um, addressed directly is this idea of building a writing community. I mean, sometimes it sounds a little bit like um, I don't know, lip service or or overly formal, this idea of you have to form a writing community or you should form a writing community. But even an informal one, that's like you and a couple of friends who are in the same class who get together and just exchange your papers before, you know, the night before they're due even and just be like, hey, can you take a look at my essay? And then just give that sort of um, genuine reader response feedback. They're like, hey, as the reader, I had trouble understanding this, right? And that's the other thing too, and, and kind of maybe will help transition us to the other side of this coin, which is in, you know, um, what do we do with peer feedback? But uh, addressing the essay and not the writer is a great way to articulate feedback without hurting feelings um, and without feeling awkward that you're being overly critical to sort of push past, past that anxiety, right? be like, well, you know, I was reading the paragraph in this, this essay and I was just, I was having trouble understanding it because it feels like the example and the assertion don't quite go together as opposed to like, how come you can't find a good example for your claim? Right? Like same, same idea, but one approach, the person goes, oh yeah, you're right. And they'll highlight it and be like, no, I can take a look at that. And the other one's like, well, you just didn't know how to read it, man. Obviously it goes together. Why are you so dumb? Right. So, yeah. That's why I try to establish, you know, rules for peer feedback. Like, hey, address the essay, don't address the writer, you know, um, and then remind the writers that it's not about you. It's about this essay over here. This, granted, there's a, an emotional connection because it's a product of your labor, but quite literally, it's not about you. Um, so, what about receiving peer feedback? Um, what do we do with that? Because one of the things that I see, uh, again, as an instructor is um, students will receive feedback, but then I don't see the result of that in like their following revisions. And so my assumption is without necessarily talking to any of these students and being like, why didn't you do this? Is <clears throat> they don't understand what to do with the feedback or they're sort of dismissing the feedback. So I mean, as the reviewee, if you will, like, what are, what do you do with that feedback? Like, how does that result in something, you know, a change in your essay? Unfortunately, I think um, what does happen uh, more from like a realistic 
approach here is uh, I think what happens is a lot of times students um, in the moment when they're giving feedback might be too vague or too broad. And so therefore students don't know how to, what to do with that. So if they say something like, oh, this paragraph was really good. And it's just like, okay. Or, you know, or they might say something like, um, you know, you need some examples in this paragraph or something. So that's a little bit more specific, but it's still not quite, you know, giving them totally the most effective kind of tools to then move forward. So I feel like sometimes it might be because of the quality of the feedback. Um, I have had students before, which I actually love, uh, when they come to me and they say, I got two contradictory say like one person said my thesis was strong and one person said my thesis was weak and I'm like ah oh, you know and then I and then I get all excited and I'm like well let's talk about kind of why that might be and so then after kind of talking it through it's like okay this first part did address the prompt this part here was a little bit wordy and so it's like okay so I just need to kind of adjust that a little bit um so it was strong in that it you know it did respond to the prompt it was weak because it was not condensed or or you know kind of it was just a little bit too long or whatever the case may be. So, so those issues are always kind of fun to address the contradictory comments because it's like, let's get to the why. And I think that that may be part of the problem is that perhaps students need to answer the why. So they probably need to go through that feedback and then go back to the person who gave it to them and say, why did you say this? Um, which is why I try to make sure that there's always a discussion portion to the workshop um, so that they can get those questions answered. I know sometimes it doesn't always happen or students are kind of burnt out and tired, but that's kind of the goal. <laughs> yeah, I started using Google Forms for peer feedback. And anytime there is like a, you know, choose the, your favorite paragraph that you think was written best, it's always followed by the please explain why. And I get it. These are first year students. And we, you know, to your point about sort of like the vague or broad feedback, these are first year writing students and they may not have the tools to effectively articulate why, from a reader's perspective, it was a particularly good paragraph. Like they may not have the analytical tools to be like, well, it's because I really liked the juxtaposition of your example here with the explanation that you give, like to, to demonstrate how the examples in support of your assertion or you know, I really um, appreciated how well paragraph two flowed into paragraph three. Like this transition here is really effective. Like it sets me up, it keeps me interested, and then it ties back to the previous paragraph, all those kind of things. As an instructor, we can probably give that level of feedback, right? Your peers may not be able to. So then the challenge is what do you do with slightly vague feedback? Like, I don't understand why this why this example is here. Well, then it's on you, the writer, to do the critical analysis work, right? to sort of try and put yourself in the reader's shoes and says, okay, if I'm the reader and I didn't write this, what's confusing about these two things being next to each other? Um, and I think that's something I kind of wanted to get to with, with this podcast, which is how to sort of interpret some of those vague or broad remarks, because you're going to get them, right? You may even get them from instructors. Um, but what do you do with those broad ones? And, and I think is, is to look past the specific wording and then maybe try to understand the intent Right. So if they're like, oh, I didn't understand this paragraph or I, or I thought this paragraph was really good to your other example. I thought this paragraph was really good. Great. Reread that paragraph with an eye towards what's making it so effective. Is it easy to read? Is it the way I've combined my ideas? Does it, you know, transition nicely from the preceding paragraph or does it transmission really well into the one that follows? And once you understand that paragraph, put that information in your pocket, because then what they're really telling you is do more of this make your other paragraphs sound more like this one 
in terms of like flow and language and maybe even construction or any one of those three things, right? Um, and so that's when I sort of want to encourage students as review ease is, you know, try and, and respond to those comments with a critical eye. In other words, try to understand what they're what they're saying with with the sort of uh, what can I do with this information? Like how can I use this information to better my writing? As opposed to looking for someone to rewrite or correct your paper. I think on a reviewee side, there's this expectation that the peer reviewer is going to is going to rewrite or correct your paper, and that's not really ever been the intent. I'm wondering too, though, if part of it is the whole thing of can I trust the feedback, right? Like, so I've had students who, and, and sometimes they come up to me and talk to me after class, and they're like, "Okay, so and so said this." this is true, like what, you know, like, and, and, and it's fine, like, especially um, early on in the semester or if in those opportunities where um, you might not know your peer very well, like, I think there's that measure of not being sure if they should follow the feedback. Um, and I think this speaks to what both of you have talked about in terms of like the community, right? So it should be a group. You know, in a perfect world, we have more than one read of the same piece, right? Like, so it is that thing of like, if two or more people are saying the same thing, or if they're contradicting, or, you know, like, so the more it, it, it tends to help in terms of trusting whether or not the read is right, if that makes sense. But I feel like sometimes students maybe don't trust each other. Um, and it, it's not the same as asking, you know, it's not the instructor, right? Like, so it's like, oh, it's all well and good, but if I'm going to like invest in these changes and spend time revising, I, you know, it's like, it's that whole thing of like wanting to make sure that it's right. And so if you're not sure, then it, I don't know, I could see ignoring it, right? Like, or maybe not putting, like following all of the feedback. It's a great point. There's a little bit of an ethos problem. Hey, we're all first year writers here. What makes you so sure that this is wrong or right? Um, but maybe considering things to be wrong or right is part of the challenge, you know? Um, yeah, it's, I think from an instructor's perspective, I do have this expectation that when you receive pair comments, that I'm going to see a difference between the first draft and the second draft. Um, that you're going to internalize those comments in some way, and there's going to be a notable change between two documents, right? Um, and with a group, I would expect that, right? Because it's uh, in the technical world, we call it mid-level voting. If two out of the three say yes, then the answer is yes. If two out of three say no, the answer is no. Um, and so if you get two comments that are very similar, then trust that that's a fairly accurate piece of feedback, right? If all three are different, then you have a controversial piece of writing there that maybe you bring to the instructor for, you know, uh, that adjudication, if you will. Uh, but I think, and this is true of most instructors, if not all, that, you know, if there is going to be a peer review session and you're giving and receiving comments, the expectation is, is the next version of that document is going to show some sort of change. And part of that is to demonstrate to your instructor that you are able to receive this feedback, internalize it, and then act upon it in some way. Um, and if you don't act upon it, the assumption is that you just ignored it. And then I will acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is time. Uh, I understand that a lot of times students aren't going to revise because they didn't allow themselves time to do so, even if it was in the syllabus and the schedule. 
uh, that you received the feedback, you read the feedback, understood the feedback, just didn't have time to make any changes. So you did an editorial pass on the paper and submitted it. Uh, to which I would say that's still not wasted time from a learner's perspective. But if you did take the time to read your peer comments and understand them and look at them from a, how can this can approve my writing from the future? That's not wasted time. Yes, it did not result in a change in the product or a different product, but it will affect the quality of your next piece, right? Um, theoretically, at least that's the intent of it, right? Is to carry that lesson forward into your next piece of writing. Uh, I feel like this is a good uh, place to sort of wrap up this particular discussion. Uh, do we have any uh, go backs or final pieces of advice for our listeners? Um, I would just kind of remind reminding students that, you know, we we know that you don't feel like you are an established or experienced writer. You know, you don't have that kind of confidence and you're not like, oh my God, I'm the best writer to give feedback or to, you know, or I'm surrounded by all of these wonderful writers who will give me the most amazing feedback ever. But this is part of how you get up to that level, you know? So it's kind of like, remember that with practice, you know, a lot of this will, will help. And so it's kind of the, you know, we're not expecting you to, to hit the ground running with these kinds of activities. Um, but to remember that there is, you know, it's one of those kind of long-term, uh, you know, effects that you'll see. So it's kind of in, within the growth of, or the process of, you know, going through these, these draft workshops or peer workshops that you will kind of get better at giving feedback and receiving feedback too. Um, you know, and so if it's the first time that you're doing it, you know, know that again, we're not expecting you to have the most profound statement to give to some of your peers. And we're also not expecting you to be, you know, this, this amazing writer or anything like that, but that is just something that, um, you know, even, and even now, you know, I constantly will give things to my peers to review. And then I'll say, you know, can you take a look at this? Even emails. I have so many times when I have sent emails to people and say, can you just look this over and see if it makes sense? You know, so just get, giving that feedback, having that community um, aspect to writing is something that's just super, super important. We have to look no further than TikTok for the wisdom of the first step of being good at something is being shit at it. So there you go. Uh, Jeanette, any, any uh, go backs or sage advice for our listeners? I, I kind of want to bookend this. So it's like back to the very beginning in terms of just the reminder that you will actually learn a lot more about writing if you invest in giving the feedback. Um, and it's hard and it, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I know from personal experience that giving feedback is sometimes very difficult, actually, and it takes time. Um, that said, you learn so much about writing um, by giving that feedback, right, and, and articulating the feedback in a way that will be helpful. Um, and so it won't be, as Carrie says, like, it's okay if you aren't like a pro at this, right, like anything like any, any sort of like try, you know, like any effort is helpful and it will help in the long run. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, my last little bit is to share a piece of, of, we'll share a story of giving peer feedback um, because we talk about it takes time and it's difficult. And, and I was asked to be a 
a reviewer for an essay that was going to go into the next edition of Writing Spaces, which is a open source composition text. And I said, sure, I'd love to, no problem. They sent over the article <clears throat> and I started reading through it and it was about peer reviews. And it was the problem of reviewer number two, this idea that there's always a reviewer who just absolutely eviscerates your paper. And suddenly I'm faced with a quandary. Am I reviewer two? Should I be giving this comment? Is this a reviewer one comment or is this a reviewer? It was the most brain melting metacognitive piece of peer feedback I've ever done in my entire life because I was second guessing every word that I put on that page as a, as a peer comment. I was like, is this a reviewer two comment? I mean, is it something that can really, does this actually improve it? Or is this just a preferential change? Because I'm reading their article and they're doing a great job of describing what's really constructive feedback and what's not constructive feedback. And I'm like, am I breaking these rules? Like, so trust that when you're in your first year writing classroom or your history classroom or whatever, and you're, and you're doing a peer review, it will not be that difficult. <laughs> so trust in the process, um, enjoy it. Seeing it as a learning opportunity, I think is the best um, advice I can give to you right now is, is trust in the process, enjoy it and learn from it. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of rightfully. So thank you for taking time to listen. And we'll hope that you come back next week uh, to hear more about um, writing in the first year classroom. Until then, get out there and write something.